Hello, welcome to the Safe Sedation Podcast, the podcast where you find all you need to know about sedation and keeping patients safe. Brought to you by Sedate UK, and with you are your hosts, Andrea Trigo, Martin Lees, and Craig Cook. If you are a first-time listener, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss new episodes. Check out our website at www.sedate-uk.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Today's episode is sponsored by Medtronic CapnoStream Monitoring. In today's episode, we're talking about the shared airway incidation practice. As more patients require less invasive procedures performed under sedation, there is a specific challenge to consider in procedures where the airway is shared. Today, we're going to discuss shared airway, related possible complications, and how to prevent them using appropriate monitoring equipment. Let's start with the basics. Craig, can you explain to our listeners what is a shared airway? Yes, of course, Andrea. So a shared airway effectively happens when both the sedation practitioner as well as the surgeon require access to the airway. The sedation practitioner needs it for maintaining a patent airway and ensuring adequate oxygenation. And the surgeon requires it to to get access and in certain circumstances, a clear view of the operative field for the procedure. Okay, I I can definitely see how that can be challenging. Can, maybe Martin, can you give us certain examples of diagnostics or interventional procedures that are performed under sedation where the airway is shared? Yeah, so shared airways are commonly encountered with several interventional diagnostic and surgical specialties that operate within the head and neck. For example, endoscopy is one. Uh, where routine endoscopic examinations, which are used to diagnose and sometimes treat conditions that affect the upper part of the digestive system. During the endoscopy, a biopsy may also be performed to collect tissue samples. Or for instance, bronchoscopy, which is used to directly visualize the airways, allowing for numerous diagnostic and therapeutic interventions. There are also uh, situations in dentistry with procedures that range from simple extractions to more complex interventions, such as perhaps dental implants. And then finally, transesophageal echocardiogram that uses the uh, ultrasound waves to check the structure of the heart is effectively a gastroscope um, used for cardiology imaging. So I can see that it's actually a range of interventions and procedures that are affected by these particular challenges of shared airway. So we have doctors and nurses working in different environments and they might find this uh, topic today very useful. Let's maybe dig a bit deeper in the complications that can happen. Why is it important that we're talking about shared airway today? It's because complications can happen. Can you maybe tell us a bit about that, Craig? Yep. Um, Well, during conscious and moderate sedation, the the airway really shouldn't require intervention and ventilation is usually adequate. 
However, as we all know, sedation is a continuum. And for that reason, we can never really predict how a patient will respond to sedative drugs. Therefore, sometimes the patient, there's a risk the patient may momentarily enter a sedation state deeper than what was intended. And that could lead to airway problems or ventilatory compromise. And one of the biggest challenges in the shared airway is oxygen administration and capnography monitoring in a way that doesn't affect or interfere with the operative field or access to the, the operative field. So when airway and ventilation are not adequately monitored, inadequate oxygenation, respiratory compromise can, can occur leading to an urgent or emergency situation. And other possible complications of course include aspiration of gastric contents or of blood or fluids or even surgical tools in some instances. Okay, so I understand that the oxygenation and the respiratory compromise are so the, the most challenging complications and probably the most common ones faced by these professionals. Can we start talking maybe about the way of we, or what tools we can use to prevent these complications? I'll pick that up. Yep, sure, Andrea. So prevention starts with adequate pre-assessment, which includes airway assessment. We talked extensively in our last podcast about assessing and managing the airway. If you haven't listened to that episode, please do and pay careful attention to the lemon mnemonic for assessing the airway. As part of the pre-assessment stage, we should educate the patient about the procedure, possible risks and how we're going to keep them safe. Fasting is an important point to prevent aspiration of gastric contents. Suction of fluids during dentistry, for example, can also prevent aspiration of typically blood or water. Monitoring airway and breathing throughout the procedure and maintaining adequate communication with other professionals in the team is also very important to prevent complications. Oh, okay. So we start with the pre-assessment, communication with the patient, communication with the, with the rest of the team as well. But are there any monitoring devices or monitoring equipment that can help us look for airway patency and respiratory compromise in this specific situation of air, air, shared airway? I'll take that. Yes, of course, uh, Andrea, the gold standard to, to monitoring airway and breathing in, with a shared airway is clearly wave, waveform capnography. And this is because capnography is the quickest indicator of respiratory compromise and pro provides real-time breath-to-breath data and status of the respiratory status of the patient. The biggest challenge faced by professionals is, however, finding adequate equipment that allows oxygen delivery and waveform capnography without, uh, to happen at the, at the same time uh, without interfering with the operative field. And I think that has been a, a large obstacle that has prevented some professionals from adopting this gold standard. However, in our practice, and, and widely available or increasingly widely available is a product that is really perfect for endoscopy, bronchoscopy, 
and TOE procedures, and that's the Medtronic MicroStream Advance Byte Block Filter Line. And this allows several things to, to happen simultaneously. It's a byte block, effectively, that accommodates up to a 60 French endoscope, and it protects the delicate, delicate endoscopes, number one. Number two, it allows for entitled CO2 sampling to be collected from both the mouth and the nose. Number three, it has integrated oxygen tubing for supplemental oxygen delivery simultaneously to the procedure ongoing and the, the CO2 being measured. And the O2 system can administer oxygen flow up to 10 liters per minute. So it's a real neat piece of kit. And Craig, that is the, the purple bite block that we usually use in our sedation courses. And I think everyone is usually so surprised that to see a tool that actually allows oxygen delivery, uh, detection of CO2, and still the procedure to go ahead with the endoscopes. And it's like there's no interference with the field and the shared airway is still there. Yeah, it's, it's a great piece of, piece of kit and real innovation by, by Medtronic. And in addition, they also have an OxyMask uh, entitled CO2 with a microstream connector that allows oxygen delivery as well as entitled CO2 measurement and access to an endoscope. So that's a slight variation on the kit with the bite block, but still achie achieves all of the... Uh, all of the, the entitled CO2 monitoring, oxygen delivery, and instrumentation that allows all of that simultaneously. So that is that mask with several holes that is quite new in the market, isn't it? That's correct. That's correct. I think that has just recently been launched in the UK. And then, of course, we have for dentistry procedures, we have the MicroStream Advanced Nasal Filter Line from Medtronic which has integrated O2 tubing for supplemental oxygen delivery, as well as nasal sampling of entitled CO2 that allows the mouth to then be free for the dentist or the dental surgeon to perform the procedure. Brilliant. So I think if we use a lot of these devices that are appropriate for the procedure and for the fact that the airway is being shared, then I think professionals will have uh, will be able to embrace monitoring technography, administering oxygen and reducing all the risks that can happen as well. So I think it's great that we have so many specific tools available to monitor and prevent these complications. I would like to go back to something that we mentioned before, which is the communication, because I think if we're all sharing the airway, communication is crucial between practitioners, interventionists, and also patients. Martin, could you maybe elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, certainly. So you're absolutely right, Andrea. Communication between the professionals and the patients is absolutely key. And it starts with appropriate patient education when obtaining consent. I think the patient has to be aware of the risks and benefits of the procedure and should have clear expectations about the recovery, discharge, 
post-procedure pain management and potential over-the-counter pain medication. And it's a perfect time to talk about the challenge of the shared airway and how the patient will be kept safe during the procedure. So during the procedure, it may be difficult for the patient to maintain a purposeful verbal response, but there are other ways aside from voice, which can be used by the patient to confirm his awareness and communicate with the team. The patient may, for example, use hand gestures to communicate. Communication amongst the professionals as well, ahead of the procedure is also important. Sedation practitioners and professionals performing the intervention must reflect on the challenges of shared airway, how airway and breathing are gonna be maintained during the procedure and how to act in cases of complication. During the procedure, this com communication must be ongoing. Effective communication is essential for effective teamwork and to minimize the complications and reduce the risk of morbidity. Mm. I, I completely agree with you, Martin. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. I think it's so important that we are talking about shared airway in sedation practice because it's not often talked about. It's usually talked about more in anesthesia but it is a real problem in sedation practice. So I'm really happy that we have created a great podcast and a source of uh, content for our healthcare professionals who are involved in these procedures. So we need to answer two questions from our listeners. Are you ready? The first question is what is the normal value for N-tidal CO2? I'll take that one, Andrea. So, so typically the normal value for PaCO2 um, on the capnography machine is between four and five, but just as important or more important than the absolute value is actually the waveform of the inspired and expired CO2 as the patient breathes in and out and comparison during sedation to baseline for the patient to compare and contrast and assess whether there are any uh, significant changes in the waveform compared to, to baseline. So I think the, the absolute values are one thing, but the waveform and the comparison to baseline is more important. That is indeed true. And it's something that we're always talk talking about. And we have here a second question, which is very relevant today that we're talking about shared airway and the particular risk of respiratory compromise. And the question that we were sent is, what else can we do to reduce the amount of sedation administered? Okay, Andre, I'll pick that one up. So, it's possible to use adjuncts to sedation and typically in the shared airway, for instance, for a transesophageal echo or a gastroscopy, it's very useful to spray the back of the patient's mouth with high concentration lidocaine. Um, a few sp sprays of the lidocaine will numb the back of the pharynx and reduce by approximately a half the amount of sedation required to pass the gastroscope. So that's a really useful thing to do. The other thing that's quite useful during any sedation case is adjunctive paracetamol, and that can mm -hmm. be very helpful. So there are definitely other things we can do apart from just increasing the doses of fentanyl or midazolam. 
That's a great tip. Thank you. And that is all for today. Thank you for joining us. We will share all the information about this episode on the podcast notes. There's a new episode coming up soon. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And you know you can find us on www.sedate-uk.com and on social media. Please feel free to message us directly if you have any questions, feedback or comments. Thank you for listening.